One of the big things that people don't realize is people who have been in the industry for many years, they still are struggling. So it's not like you ever get to a point and you're just like, I made it. It's always what's next? What am I doing wrong? So we have to be easier on ourselves. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today we have Ashley Lopez from the Luxury Lash Studio joining us. We are going to be talking to her about motherhood. Actually, it's something that really we don't see a lot of talk about, really the struggles of being a mom, what's it like. And Ashley is really going to be an open book here. She's going to talk about a lot of things. She's had four kids. She struggled actually to have kids. Talks about postpartum depression as well as talking about her uh, dealing with miscarriages and really starting a, a lash line. And then it didn't really go what she wanted. So she pivoted and did something different. And she really just talks about what I think so many of you are dealing with. And that is you're building a business while being a mom. And that is not an easy task. And she shares her journey over like six, seven years of all the things going on, all the setbacks, the pivots, the turns, turn, you know, what she did to get by. And I think there's a lot of great things for those of you out there who are feeling like, man, am I a bad mom? How do I get through this? How do I balance? I just had a baby and, and I want to launch a business or I just launched my business and then I found out I got pregnant which happened lastly, right? So, I mean, these things happen and you don't know where to go and where to turn. And so I think you're gonna get a lot of encouragement today. I also, hopefully you're gonna find out you're not the only one. You're not the only one dealing with this. There are a lot of people just like you in the same camp. And while you may be going on Instagram and looking at all these amazing lash influencers blow up and somehow they have kids, but they don't seem to struggle. That's because they don't show it. Why would you show the struggle? Instagram is about really, as someone told me once, about your highlights, not your lowlights. So you're just seeing when things all click and things come together, where maybe half the time things are chaos and the the house is on fire and the business is struggling and all these things are happening that you don't see, but then you see them posting them with their kids at the park and then two hours later, they're lashing on on top of the Eiffel Tower or something (laughs) and doing something that you wish you could do, right? You're like, oh, I wish that was me. I wish it was me. Well, anyhow. Most of what you see on Instagram is just um, a sneak, small sliver of the real world. And Ashley decides or has decided to come on here and share the full picture, which we really appreciate. It takes a lot of bravery and guts and just to be open and honest. And she's just a really fun, great person. And I hopefully you'll go follow her Instagram after this because she is actually, she'll share about this, but she's going to be working with ALA to help come up with some programs or ways to support mothers in our industry because we really need, I think, a lot of help, a lot of support, a lot of encouragement. 
management tools, things that can help us who are working and taking care of kids do all that and, and, and succeed. I mean, I, we, if you listen to us, we don't really believe in balance, right? There's seasons and there's a way you get through things, but there are still tools and ways you can improve your life. And I know Ashley's just getting into it, so I don't, we don't have details, but it's something to be looking forward to. And hopefully by hearing her backstory, that might encourage you to be keep an eye out on what Ashley's doing in the future, along with ALA, who we're big fans on, if you know about ALA. All right, real quickly, we do have one little thing to do before we get into the show, and let's do our announcements. What do we have going on? Well, right now, really not a lot as far as we are wrapping up the year. LashCon 2023 is almost done and in the can. I basically have a couple more things to do and then I'm done with that year and I'm working on next year. We already have about half our speakers lined up. We will be reaching out to those of you who want to sponsor. We'll be reaching out to past last year's sponsors first and then we're going to open up the doors to future sponsors. And we're looking for anyone. We're looking for Lash, PMU, beauty, makeup, anything. We, we really want LashCon to just only be about lash extensions, but also to be about other things that you would need as a lash artist. So a lot of you out there have skincare. You need products like for sunscreen or you need makeup or whatever. So there's lots of other opportunities. So if you're one of our listeners or someone who's in a related field, in PMU, we'd love to see more PMU stuff because I've noticed a lot of you guys do that. And why not have some of the companies that provide those services and those tools and, and what you need at LashCon too. So you can let them know, hey, come on out. We're going to be getting our signups for sponsors for 2024 real soon. Those of you who submitted talks to become a speaker, we got a bunch of you that I'm reading through them. And hopefully over the next two months, by the end of January, maybe early February, we'll make our decisions on that. So if you still want to submit a talk, you can definitely do that. Go to our link in our bio on Instagram and submit your talk today. Day and let us know. We're going to pick at least a couple from that. And then the rest is usually Tuss and I traveling around the country and meeting people. And as we get to know people, we bring them on the podcast maybe, or maybe we see them at a show and then we invite them to speak at LashCon. But if you don't have that relationship with us in any way, then really the first way for us to get to know you or get to meet you is through you submitting a talk. So that's another great way to get involved. So speakers, sponsors, and ticket sales. We were wondering about ticket sales. Well, guess what? I think we're going to be launching just for like a day or two, a real quick sales and in December. So I know some of you missed the sale right after LashCon. We had like two weeks we were on up for sale. I think we're going to do just a quick little sale because I know last year we sold them in December. And so some people told me they were waiting for that sale. And I went, oh my gosh, the sale already happened. So... Because I feel bad, I, I set a trend or set an expectation that they could buy their tickets later. We're going to probably pick a day just a little before Christmas. And so be looking for that. So our online sales for basically the replay, that's basically done. But you can still now get ready to buy your tickets. And then after that, you're going to have to wait and you're going to pay more. We're going to put them back on. Probably, I'm thinking March. I was hoping February. But really, at this point, March is probably the time we'll start selling tickets for 2024. And that's on basically October 11th through the 14th in here in Anaheim, California. Promise you is well worth it. So be standing by for that. And also, we are working on our last retention course 
we're going to be shooting it real soon and it's going to be a kind of a dual class we can watch stuff on video like the, all the theory and then we'll do a live Q&A where you can ask all your questions and challenge what Tush teaches you because we want you to challenge us and then there will be the day where we will have a one day in person training and they'll be here in Los Angeles we have a new studio that we just bought or not bought but we are leasing and so we can do trainings here we're going to do other classes we're going to do other one day trainings I'm going to probably come up we're going to work on a couple other one day classes where you can fly in and for a very affordable price come and learn from us hand one-on-one and then or not one-on-one in classroom settings i will say and then leave and then we're also gonna be on the east coast and so we're gonna be in the new york area not us we're actually bringing a friend of ours on who really knows Tessa's technique and she's gonna be teaching that on the east coast in the new york area so if you want be standing by for that that'll probably be by april may our class for march right now we're looking at march 23rd i think or 25th somewhere in that range like saturday or, or monday so be keeping the eye your eyes open for our our last retention class, the most life-changing class you'll ever take when it comes to getting best last retention. A lot of people talk about last retention and a lot of my friends, but they're missing the big element. And that is what we call the, the mechanical fit or what is the way you attach the lash itself. And yes, Tusney does some unconventional things, but that's the way, but we get the results. And, and we, the results are Tusney is uh, probably, if not the highest paid lash artist here in Southern California, definitely one of the highest. And she's booked out. And we, when we had a salon, we had 13, 14 stylists, we were booked out. And we've used the same technique and it evolved, obviously, with volume and all that stuff, pre-mades. But at the same time, we've used this technique for many years. And it, it's proven to be the biggest reason why clients come back. I mean, they want two things. They want retention. They want their lashes to last a long time and look pretty. And then they also want great customer service. And we had those two things in spades. So highly recommend that you look for that. That will probably go on sale January, February. And then we'll hopefully see you here in L.A. and our own space. And then hopefully, if not there, we might do a couple of trips around the country or New York. So, anyhow, more details to come. Please be watching for all that. And that's all I have for announcements today. Now, let's get into our episode where we sit down with Ashley and talk about motherhood and lashing. Hey, Smart Cookies. I am so excited to welcome our next guest to the show. She is a mother of four and the owner and operator of the Luxury Lash Studio. We are going to settle down for a nice talk, uh, just a heart-to-heart with Ashley Lopez. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited to have you on because something that you shared with me that stood out. And Ashley, by the way, is one of these people that literally just reached out to me. Well, actually, I remember I saw some of your posts. I, I just love some of the things you've done on Instagram. I, one of my favorite posts of all time was one that you did. And I would show Tusk. goes, you keep watching that one post. I'm like, because it's so funny. Which one was it? It's the one where she, it's, I forget the guy's name, but he's lying. He's trying to share how. Oh, yeah, he how, loves that one. He keeps watching that one. Basically saying lies about himself. And then at the very end, he says, Leonardo didn't really die in Titanic and he goes no <laughs> and you go he did like it's just anyhow it's just very it's a great uh, post and it's that from a guy a comedian that I follow too so I know the original post and I think he's just a really he's very funny but that said she reached out and shared her story with me and it was really cool because it's a story of a mom doing the impossible and that is having many, not just one kid, but four kids and growing a business at the same time. I think a lot of people are going to identify with this because a lot of us are moms. We are juggling our business with 
the duties of raising the next generation. And you shared the story and we'd just love to sit down with you, grab a cup of hot cocoa or tea or something like that. and Or a hard drink. Yeah, we'll just see. No. But and settle in. <laughs> yeah, and settle in. So anyhow, so let's get started because I believe you started like 12, 13 years ago is when you started beauty school. And mm-hmm. maybe we can start from the beginning. Like why, what was it that drove you to want to go into beauty as opposed to being a, a circus worker or something like that? My parents did not want me going to beauty school at all. They didn't see all the avenues, everything. So I was like, all right, I'll go to college because originally I wanted to be a pharmacist. Uh-huh. Okay. I can't do math to save my life. <laughs> so, Girl, we are in the same yeah. club. Yeah. Yeah. So math and science is out of it, even though I was a pharmacy technician for a few years. But I tried to go to school and I was in there and I was miserable. I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I went home and I was like, mom, I want to go to beauty school. So I signed up. And when I got the big old suitcase and came home, she's like, I've never seen you so happy. So that just really made me even more excited to pursue this. So I originally wanted to go for hair, went through the whole beauty school thing. I worked at an Elizabeth Arden spa and I get to start doing hair and I realized that I have contact dermatitis <gasps> and on my hands. Oh no, what was it caused by? Chemicals from the hair product. Even with the gloves, everything, it just was not working out. So the you're color, very sensitive so to the it. The color, yeah. the peroxide. Yeah. So I went to a dermatologist and I remember sitting on the table and they said, you're going to have to choose a different career. Mm. And I just felt like my world was crashing down because at that age, like everything. Yeah. Right. So I was just at a standstill. So I was like, well, maybe I'll go into the managerial part. So I did that. And then I got married in 2014. And then 15, I went into corporate world for insurance. So that was fun for a while. Amazing benefits, amazing money. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. But then 2016, I had my first kid. And the moment he was laid on my chest... I looked at my husband. I was like, you're going to have to figure something out. I can never go to work again. It changes your world having babies. Absolutely. Yes, it really does. And after my maternity leave, I tried to do the corporate world and even going down to part-time, it just, it wasn't cutting it because kids get sick, babysitters bail, and it's just it wasn't worth it to me. So the corporate so, world wasn't flexible because you needed something a little bit more flexible that could bend with your daily needs for your, your child. And I guess the corporate world, they don't care. Like you have to show up at nine and work. To, and so you were finding a conflict there with the insurance company when you decided to go back and do that. I was looking into all this stuff and then I started out with lash lifts. Love that. Started with lash extensions. I hated it. At this point, I was out of the corporate world. I remember sitting behind somebody in my living room and I was crying because I was like, what did I just do to my family? I'm thinking like, I'm going to make all this money sitting there hating it. Then I realized it was the glue. It was like five second dry time. So, okay. Yes. It was a lot of trial and error and prayers and everything. So eventually I got the hang of it and I started working out of a hair salon But then I was only for like a month and then I went out with my mother-in-law. She did massage and I did lashes. Okay. The salon, you were in hair or you were just doing lashes at that point? I was doing lashes. And you had to, you just like rented a little room or were you an employee? I was employed there. 
the hair dryers temperature with that and then the glue humidity it just wasn't working out okay because so, you have like a room in the back like often these salons will have like their own little esthetician rooms and all that right yes but it wasn't closed off so oh. it was open so that's why you were really susceptible to the fluctuation in temperature with the the hair dryers and stuff like that right and i had no idea at the time because i was so new but she was like a major impact in my life and we're still friends to this day so that was a good stepping stone for me because each time I learned something new. But after that, when I went to open up the studio, it was just like a commercial residential off someone's house. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was like 600 square feet. So that I opened up 28, found out I was pregnant the day that I did my grand opening. Oh no. So, <laughs> wow. What so was your feelings? I mean, I'm obviously excited <laughs> to have kids, but man, for plans with the business, how did that make you feel? I was actually really excited because we were trying and we had fertility issues. So it was oh, definitely so it was exciting. Wonderful. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen? So I have him 2019 and I only took 12 days off. Oh, so. Gosh. It was amazing because mentally I needed to get back behind the chair because that just makes me feel so much better. Now, were you nursing? Were you pumping? I was nursing. Okay. So did you schedule time to, you know, I mean, did you go home and take care of the baby? Did you just pump? Like, how did you manage nursing? So my studio was literally two minutes away from my house. So you could walk there. Yeah. So I could actually just go there, take a client, go back home. So I really just made my schedule at that point. That is wonderful. Oh my gosh. So you have access to your baby. The baby knows that its needs are taken care of. And then you can also do your clients. It's great. Yes. So I had the best of both worlds there. And then the pandemic hit. So that was fun. And since I didn't have any employees, I didn't get any assistance. So when we had to open back up, I had to put a couple thousand dollars into opening back up. So that was a struggle. Did your landlord give you any kind of grace because of that? Did they he or she allow delayments of payments or any help? He did, thank God. So it was, we only had to pay half. Hmm. And then that was split between me and my mother-in-law. So that was a huge oh, break. And my husband funny. was still employed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're in New Jersey where I believe you guys had, like us, pretty strict shutdowns. How Very long, strict, how, long yes. how many months were you guys shut down? Four. Four months. Okay. Well, we beat you on that one. We were shut down for eight, I think man. we were shut down eight or nine months. I think California was And then insane. they made us open up outside in the garage. That's right. Like we never did it. Lots. But hairstylists were cutting hair on parking lots. Like somehow that oh was gosh. more sanitary than working indoors. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, we won't get into that whole in thing. the back, background. <laughs> One of the things I thought was interesting is for you that you hated lashes. And I wanted to go back to that. It's like, what changed? Was it just the glue time? Or was there something that you began to appreciate that you didn't appreciate in the beginning about lashing? I think it was just the determination that I had and that the fact I was doing this for my family. And I really made it not a choice to go back to a corporate world. So once I actually figured out what was going on, I was like on Instagram, Facebook groups, everything all day, trying to learn new techniques, taking courses. So once I figured out my issues, then it became relaxing and therapeutic for me. I think that what you have identified or what you've shared with us is actually something that happens to almost everyone when they start. There are a few people that pick up tweezers and they're like superstars, but they are few and far between. 
most people, when they pick up the tweezers and they're trying to learn, it is tear inducing because you have seen it in theory, you have practiced it on dolls and sponges. And all of a sudden now you've got a person and your hands don't do what you thought they were going to do. You just, they just don't. And you want them to, but they just don't. And a lot of people are really hard on themselves. I tell beginners that you are not allowed to make a judgment on yourself because we all suck in the very beginning. Every single one of us suck. Even those who think that they're amazing compared you know, <laughs> to where you're going to be years down the pathway, you suck. So you're not allowed to make those judgments on yourself. The only thing that I ask newbies to do is to keep going, keep saying yes. And that's exactly what you did, Ashley. You didn't have an out. It had to be yes. So you're like, yes, I'm going to show up and things aren't working out. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. I'm going to go on uh, Facebook groups. I'm going to go on Instagram. I'm going to seek questions for the things that I don't know. So you did exactly the right thing to do, like without a coach. So I just want to applaud you for that and just encourage other people who are in the same boat that you are as a beginner and they're thinking you hate it. Just everyone feels the same way at first. You just have to keep saying yes until it clicks. It's like riding a bike and you first learn with training wheels or you first learn to swim with water wings. You've got to have that help. Otherwise, you're going to sink. Until it clicks in, you're not allowed to pass judgment on yourself. Well, we like to feel confident (laughs) when we do something, right? We feel like I I'm in control. I know how to handle this. I know what I'm doing. And when you're doing something new, you don't have any of those feelings. It's all about, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel good. I hate this. This is miserable. No one likes that feeling. But obviously it sounds like for you, the driving force though is your family, right? You said, but my family needs me to figure this out. Right. Because if I, I have to go back to a corporate job that's very inflexible, doesn't adapt it's around not my good family. For the family. Yeah, it doesn't work for you. And one of the major things that I had to stop doing was comparing myself to other people who were already in the industry mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. It's very hard not to. You get inside your head. But even though I was new, like I was confident, you go home and you wash your lashes with baby shampoo. I look back and I'm just like, oh my goodness. But you have to learn somehow. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Baby shampoo is another topic. I mean, ophthalmologists will say use baby shampoo. I mean, any ophthalmologist will say use baby shampoo. The lash world is a little bit different, but I'm just proud of you. Thank you. Well, it's just like anything. You find a way and and if you really have... And I think for you, your why was your family, right? That's what was driving you. I think a lot of times people get driven for other reasons that are maybe less fulfilling. And so you burn out or you give up because you're like, eh, who cares? It doesn't. It's not that important to me. But you, this was a matter of this is how I'm going to care for my kids and I'm going to build a business that supports them and works around my family versus working your butt off and just squeezing your family in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, in the beginning... It is very easy to compare yourself to other people's external appearances. And and we do that by going on Instagram and Facebook and seeing other people that are just seem to be killing it. But I just want to encourage new people that it is the same struggle for all of us. We all started that way. There's just people that are farther along the road than you are right now. But all of us struggled. I mean, I look back at pictures of my very first work and I was so proud of it. And it looks like nothing. I mean, it's so it's bad. Invisible. I should probably pull those up somewhere. You don't know what you don't know. 
But the thing is, is that most people, there's a quote from Ira Glass, who is a writer, and he says, this thing that got you into the game is your killer taste. But when you first start something, you're not that good at it. So when you produce work, you're disappointed because it doesn't live up to your expectations. But he says, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep doing the work. And that's how you get better. So I think that you have outlined a really important step for all new beginners is that you just keep going. Thank you. Yeah. I think uh, one of the big things that people don't realize is people who have been in the industry for many years, they still are struggling. So it's not like you ever get to a point and you're just like, I made it. It's always what's next. What am I doing wrong? So you have to be easier on yourselves. No, absolutely. I mean, we, this last year was a good year for us, but I'm looking at this coming year and already I can see struggles ahead that we're going to have to figure out and work through and it's not going to be easy. So last con keeps getting more expensive because we keep growing it, but it, it, so that means mm-hmm. I have to sell more tickets now and I have to do more and I have to add keep, more value, add more value so that people walk away feeling good and loving it. So it's like, it's a nice problem, but it's also at times when I slow down, go, man, it, that first year was so small and easy compared to what. <laughs> we do now. <laughs> it's it, I, I long for the easier days, but like anything, time evolves. Now for you, I know when COVID came, you pivoted, you shared, I know a couple of things like, what were some of the things that you did to, to get through those kind of dark times? Cause I know it wasn't just, you couldn't lash, did you sell oranges on street corners or how did you get by during that time? So I created an online Facebook group that was called the rainbow shop. And I bought from small businesses around the US. So I became a retailer, I guess I could say. So I bought from wholesalers okay, and supported small businesses. And then people local to me were purchasing. So it was a lot of people who were still employed working from home that saw these items, couldn't go to the store. So they wanted to support. So ultimately it ended up working out really well. What kind of products were they? Are they lash products or are they just consumer items? Items. So I purchased Color Street was one of them. And then another one was like purses, just random things that people (laughs) would like for Mother's Day. I was getting chocolates and cards. So whatever it was geared towards that holiday. Because it was local. (laughs) Were you delivering it then to them or just shipping it local or how, how did that work? Anybody within my town, I was delivering to, oh, cool. and then if they were outside a certain radius, I would just ship it to them. Got it. So it seems like you have a heart for the community because you're finding local businesses that were struggling in the same way that you are, and you're buying their products and then serving the needs of individual consumers, your neighbors, your friends. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I definitely like supporting the community, and I do see that they have my back too when times are tough. So it's definitely nice to know that if there's a village, you need a village being a mom, especially. Did you see some of those people that were buying as a consumer once you reopened? Did some of them become clients and why at least come in and see you as a lash artist? Definitely, yes. So after the pandemic, I became more busy than I was before we shut down. So that was really fantastic to see because I was completely booked at that point. And at this point, you have two kids, but then you decide that wasn't enough. <laughs> so in 2021, you have another big change, right? Yes, I do. So like I said, we were having fertility issues. And I remember I was working through having, I had a client I was having a miscarriage at the time. Mm. So lashing was my escape from reality. And it just, it was nice to be able to put my focus somewhere else. And then also be able to focus on my kids, but know I'm bringing an income in. 
So I didn't have to like wallow in self-pity, like what was going on. But then thank God I was able to get my girl. So 2021, that ended up being an emergency C-section. So I actually had to take six weeks off, but I did have an employee at that time. So she was able to keep my studio running and she was even gaining employees because that was an October baby. So she took care of all the holiday stuff for me, which was a blessing. So in 2021, you get pregnant with your third child, which then obviously becomes a difficult pregnancy. So you obviously you're, you had an employee. How long you had the employee? Was that about the same? You just had hired her or how did that all come about? So I hired her that March. We were swapping services January 2021. So we were seeing how we would mesh with each other. Mm. And then she just came on. Okay. I want to just go back to that very tender admission when you had the devastating loss of the miscarriage. I know you said that your work as a lash artist helped you escape and get through that. What was that process like? Because obviously there's a lot of women listening who've gone through the same thing. Who've gone through this. Right. So that was my third miscarriage at that time. And I knew what the process was going to be. My body was just like contracting, so sore, but you see the face and the lashes in front of you, you're making someone else feel good. And as a mom, you always put yourself on the back burner. So making someone else feel good makes you feel good. So it was nice to shift my focus. And then when I went home, I was with my kids. So I guess I just like deflect when I'm going through things and the industry really saved me, I have to say. It sounds like it really was a support. It gave you something good to focus on. I mean, you had your eyes on the prize of having another child. And thankfully, God has provided you with a wonderful brood of kids. But when you're in it, it's painful and it's it can swallow you up. So I'm glad that you coped by focusing on what was in front of you and focusing on the good things in that. That's kind of how we've done it, right? Because when we go through hard times where we've had bad things, we try to find something else positive that we can really put our energy into because otherwise you get stuck, right? You get stuck in, in the loss and the sorrow. And, and I think it's good to process that and cry and feel those emotions. But at the same time, you can get stuck and not move forward. So I think helping and blessing others. Oftentimes I know people say you can't give unless your cup's full. But sometimes I found the way I fill my cup is by giving. Like loving others actually fills me. It actually gives back to me. Yes, I feel the same way. I heard this and I hope I can explain it correctly. But what I heard is that doctors have found that when a woman is pregnant and is carrying a child, whether or not that child comes to term, there are cells that the child's body gives to the mother. And even after the child leaves the body, those cells stay with her and they help her whenever she's in any kind of sickness, cardiac issues, those cells go to the area of problems and they help to heal her and they stay with her for the rest of her life. So I hope it's some consolation, some deep soothing to your soul that those babies that didn't you weren't able to carry, they are still with you and they are still working for your good, for the best of your health. And I hope that's encouraging to other moms too. No matter how that pregnancy ended, those babies are still with you and blessing you. So can you give a word of encouragement to any other mom who's gone through the loss of a miscarriage? There is always hope out there. I am a strong Christian, so I 
leaned on my faith a lot. And I knew whatever God was throwing at me, there was a reason that was happening. And I found out later on why there is always a reason why something happens. And I'm confident one day I'm going to be meeting those souls. So that's another thing I look forward to. But it's nice to have them remembered in a way, but it's also, it's something I want to be working towards being them one day. So Absolutely. it's just everyone process differently. Well, I just have to agree with you and just, just validate your view on that. I believe the same. In fact, there is a book and there is a couple sermons about this. John MacArthur talks about, it's called Safe in the Arms of God. And he writes from a biblical perspective where those little souls go and what happens to them when they are taken from us at such an early age. And I hope that it would be consolation to anybody who's gone through that. Also, it's Safe in the Arms of God. And there's a couple sermons on it. If you go to Grace to You, it's a free podcast and you click on sermons, Safe in the Arms of God. He talks about the surety that you can have where your little ones are. So thank you for sharing that with us. And and I hope that can be of encouragement to others. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that up after this. Maybe we could even have that in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because that's, I think it's really important because I think there's, these are some of the things that people don't talk about. I think they just gloss over it. No one's posting this on Instagram, right? Like, oh, look at me going through this hard time. Thankfully, like you said, God's bless you. You have four children now. So while there've been losses, deep losses along the way, you just kept pushing forward. And again, it just says a lot about your spirit because I think a lot of people, you face difficulties and it really shows you what you're made of and where your hope is. You lose great things. And if your hope is, in temporal things, I'd say, then it's easy to give up and just quit. They can see your heart is set on, on the much bigger picture. And because of that, you have hope. And I think that's really cool. And, and thanks for sharing that. I think one of the things you mentioned in your story is that you actually thought about doing your own lash line. And you were thinking about, okay, the next step, like a lot of lash artists go through this, like, okay, I'm now a lash artist. I've, I'm, I want to do this and that. Oh, I know. Next thing is I need to have my own lash products. So you mentioned before COVID in t- around 2019, you started looking into it. So what were your thoughts? Why did you want to go into that? And did you stick with it? And if not, what happened? So I follow Angela on Instagram, Glow Artistry, and she is such an inspiration So she had her lash line and everybody on Instagram makes it look so easy, all this stuff. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. So I was up all night and just looking for suppliers and figuring things out, spending a load of money. And then I realized I don't have any marketing tools. I don't want to be putting all this effort into selling everything that I have right now. So I made up the line. It was called Passion Lashes. And I still use the products. So it didn't go to waste, but I just have no desire. And I felt like I was following what I thought I had to follow. And everybody's path is different. And I didn't realize that at the time. You look at what's out there and you think, oh, that's where I want to be. That's the next step for me. Because you see it, right? I mean, actually, a, mm-hmm. a very good influencer, a friend of ours who's in the industry shared this. That She said, we made it look really easy. And she goes, I regret that. Looking back at it. She's like, all we did was like show off our purses and show off the fantastic places that we were going first class. We're, we're speaking at conferences. We were traveling overseas to do this. 
this and that. We're showing our vacations. And meanwhile, we made it look so easy. Everyone and their dog decided to start their own lash line. And <laughs> the downside to that is they created a ton of competition. All of a sudden, instead of having like eight or nine, 10 major lash brands, all of a sudden there were like a hundred. And now there's like, I think over a thousand lash brands. I mean, it's just like everyone and their dog has I, lash brands. The brand. pie is big enough. But the point is, is that not everybody's future is going to be in doing a lash brand or having a salon or becoming a trainer. What you see the next steps are. It's different. Everyone's everyone. different. And it takes a little bit of maturity to figure out what that is for you. I mean, you figured it out. You didn't like it <laughs> once you got into it, right? And it's okay not to like it. I mean, at least you tried, right? That I always say action brings clarity, right? right? So you tried something, didn't like it and decided to pivot. When was that moment for you when you're doing, you, obviously it sounds like you got the last trays, you got product made, you had bought it, is in there. Was it when you were now going to turn around, did you actually try to start selling or was it when you actually... Now I have to start selling. You're like, ah, oh, this doesn't sound like fun. So I did sell to a few local artists. But then after that, I'm like, I have to create a Shopify website. I don't know how to use Shopify. I don't have time to look into how to do that. I was like, I need to build my clientele even more. So I just shifted my focus. I actually listened to Tara Walsh and she gave the advice that are you doing something now that would benefit you in five years? I think is what she said. Something to that effect. And what I was doing, it just didn't align with what I saw me doing in five years. So that's what I knew. I was like, all right, I just need to take a step back from that and go back to what makes me happy. That's fine. Was there a little bit of moment of, dang, I just waste a lot of money or just like you just, you're very, I mean, it sounds like you're very resilient. So you're just like, okay, just lesson learned and move on. So I was a little bit upset about all the money that I spent, but I did look at it as I haven't had to buy a single lash tray for classic lashes since 2019. So. <laughs> You're set. There's, yes. There's always a silver lining. <laughs> right. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad to see that. And I think it is smart. It is thinking about the long, or as we did this year at LashCon, about the long game. What are you going to do now? It's going to have a great impact in five years, 10 years. Like it's too many. I think a lot of people just think in the moment, what can I make money right now? What can I make money today? And they don't realize, okay, you can make money doing that today, but will you really enjoy that five years from now? Will that still bring you joy? Or is that just a quick fix to get some money infused into your company? I mean, I know some people who were really big on online classes and they didn't enjoy any of it. They hated doing the online classes. I hated teaching it. And they're like, I can't do this for 20 more years. I don't want to be teaching online classes. That's not fun. So they stopped. They said, well, that was, that was a good run. It was a good run. Made some good money, but yeah. I don't, I'm not going to do this for 20, 30 years. Yeah, I feel like our industry is forever changing. And something like if I were to say that I want to be a trainer in three years, I know that can change. I personally, I feel like I can't teach. I can show you, but I, the theory aspect of it, I know I'm not good at it. And I will admit that I right now I'm focusing on my studio, building my clientele for my employees. And I actually reached out to the ALA I listened to that podcast. Christine is so sweet. She actually wants to get me involved in like webinars and things like that for mothers in the community. So I'm just trying to pivot, but I'm just enjoying the journey, honestly. I love to hear that. And one of the things I guess we should probably find out is right now you talk about employees. So it sounds like, do you have a salon? Do you have staff? Do you have one location, multiples? Like maybe you can tell us where you currently are with your business. 
September 2021, I moved into a bigger location. It was 1,385 square feet. So that was quite a jump from the 600. Yeah, double. So, and now I have two employees. My newest hire is a body sculptor. So we're going to test the waters and see how that comes. We do have a lot of interest. But I know my main focus is lashes, and I found my niche where I want to be. So I'm just keeping my eye on the prize, but also being support for my staff as well. Yeah. I'm really interested in digging into the process with the kids. Are we up to four yet? Have we gotten to the fourth one? No, the fourth is 2022, so we could jump Okay, well, maybe we should do that (laughs) and then go there. So can you tell us about uh, how baby four came along? I'm not sure if my husband wants me to put his business out there, but five days after his little snip. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So so this is afterwards. almost like a miracle. A miracle, baby. a miracle. It's like God says, this baby, I want to be born. <laughs> Amen. Yes. So he is our best little present, but that just made me, okay, now I need to pivot and we need to get bigger and do more things. So that definitely added another thing into the mix as far as being a mom of four and then having a business. And at that time I had three employees. So that was quite a struggle as well. But my manager at the time made it work for me because again, it was another October baby. So she made it work during the holidays for me. Now, I, I know this may, may get a little personal and you don't have to answer this, but you shared a little bit that you were struggling with fertility issues. Did you ever think that at the end of it, you would have four children and that even there would be a SNP? I mean, did that ever occur to you that that would be your future? No, because after I gave birth to my first, I was like, I am not going through this again. <laughs> I know we all say that too. Yeah. We're like, never get it. That somehow we forget, or, or I don't know what happens. But well, I think you get the joy once you see the little one, and you get to start raising the little one. It just brings such great, wonderful feelings. I, I want to do this again as much as it's uh, really. I mean, I don't know. I'm a guy, but it's it looks really hard. <laughs> but it is hard, and they don't talk about like postpartum depression and anxiety and all that stuff. So you definitely need to take care of your mental health while raising your kids and running a business. Hmm. Can you share some things that have helped you in that journey? Yeah, because obviously it's a lot. You've four times you've done is this. Full. Yeah. 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 So after my first, I didn't realize that I was struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety. I thought that's what being a mother was like. So once I realized that I had it, I was like, oh, okay, I can actually enjoy life. So I saw a doctor and I was getting treatment. And each trauma that I went through, the dosage needed to be upped or changed. So My doctor was working really closely with me and I was acknowledging everything that I was feeling. And I just let myself know that it's okay to feel these emotions and you need to take time for yourself. So even if that was cutting out early from work, usually I would stay late and do paperwork. Okay, I'm not going to do it tonight. Or I even changed my, like I got a personal line for my phone and kept my business line separate. That was a big change for me. You just need to like sometimes turn the light off and walk away. I struggled with postpartum depression too, a medication and was only part of it. Like you said, you have to recognize that it's okay to feel the feelings and not be like totally distressed that you're having them. It's just normal. And I love some of those coping strategies that you shared. You mentioned early on in the podcast that your kids came first. 
I love that because that is a struggle when you have your own business because your business feels like a baby. And for me, for lots of women, there's this struggle, there's this pull, there's this, I feel like I should be killing it with the business, but then I have these kids. And then sometimes I'd look at the kids and I'd be resentful of their needs. But I love what you said that the kids come first. Can you share a little bit about what that means, what that looks like in your business, in your day to day? So I've actually felt those feelings as well, but I just look at them. They're only going to be this age once. My oldest is seven. And I just had him yesterday. So I am really just, there's going to be a time for my career to blossom even more than what it is. And I just need to keep on saying that to myself. My time will come right now. It's about them. And my version of being successful is being able to pay my bills and not miss out on my kids' special moments. But my version of success later on, it's not going to be they're not going to be like right there because they're going to be off in college doing their own thing. So my time will come, but right now it's just them. I love that. And I just want to highlight, I think that is a very wise outlook to take. It's true. You are in it for the long game. And right now, the season that you're in, if you have little ones at home, I'm talking to you too. Right now, your season is all about bringing up that next generation. Those little faces, those are they're the only ones on the entire planet that call you mom. And what you're doing is so important. You are opening files in their brain. You are pouring in truth to them, to their little souls that are going to build a foundation for their entire lives. And they are your legacy. That's actually your real legacy, right? We think about our business being our legacy, but I think our children is the greatest legacy we could ever leave. That's right. And you have chose when you say, I'm going to focus on the kids right now, it means in some ways you're going to be disappointed in how little you can put into your business. But that's the wiser bet. That is the better investment. Because I know that you can't feel it right now, but being one who's just a little bit further down the path than you, it is going to come way faster than you can imagine. Your seven-year-old today is going to be walking down the aisle just in in two blinks of an eye. It's going to be graduating from college. And you won't believe how fast it's gone. And you are still going to be young at that point. You are still going to have vitality and lots to give. And when that season is closed, you're going to have the time to just kill it with the business. And you will also be content knowing that you did the best for your family. So I think that you're doing awesome. You're telling yourself the truth. You're focusing on the long game. And I hope other people follow in your footsteps and do the same thing too, because it's so worthwhile. Thank you. I've heard actually quite a few people in our industry who are very successful had to sacrifice a lot of their time with their kids. And I've never heard any one of them say, and that was a great decision. None of them. They always go... Nah, I look back now and I realize I wasn't around for five years because I was so busy building the business that I really missed out in five years of being with my kids. And I think that's a common thought amongst, I have ne- yeah, I've ne- never heard anyone go, no, I should have spent more time in my business. My kids didn't need me. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little vulnerable here and I'm going to share a little bit of something that kind of stung me a little bit. And it's, it's true. As many of you guys know, our daughter just got married and she was sharing she's our baby. She's our baby, but she's <laughs> been spending some time at her in-laws house and they're wonderful friends of ours. We love them so much. 
and she's been hanging out there. And Selena, her mother-in-law, keeps an immaculate house. The house is so clean. And my daughter, Fiona, was sharing with me. She's like, Mom, I didn't grow up with the, the focus being on like a tidy home. And when she said that to me, I was like, <gasps> but here I am just like, yes, I want her. I'm trying not to get defensive. I'm trying not to be like, what? I did the best I could. What are you talking about? I had a messy home. You know? I said, yes, and what else? In my heart, I'm stuffing it down. Well, it's true. Your focus was on the business. Your focus was like, yeah, just throw them food, snack, until I completely abandoned it altogether and Paul took over. And so, yes, it's true. My house was not my priority. My house was messy. And she grew up with it not being a priority and having it modeled to her that it wasn't a priority. She's fine now. She's not bitter. But I was like, I really had to swallow that and be like, oh, you're right. That was one of the costs that I had to pay. So now she's going to Selena and like looking at her and tell me, mom, how should I keep the house that I want? And it's like, because I didn't, I wasn't faithful in those areas to show her that. So anyway, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's what it looks like when you're farther down the road and you do focus on your business over the babies. So Learn from my mistakes, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it's humbling. And but you know what? All of us are gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna have times where we chose poorly. We just want to minimize those. But when we do admit to them, and I know you have. I mean, there was a time, I think for us, it was a real wake up for us. It's like when the kids, and because I was more of a stay home with dad for the early years, the kids always came to me first on anything. Yeah, like, where's my uniform? Where's this? And she went, wait, I'm mom. Don't I get to have a say? And she didn't realize that. They didn't even seek me. They didn't even ask because they, didn't, they knew I didn't have the answers. What? Where's my snacks mm-hmm. to bring to soccer? I didn't even know you had soccer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I made the mistake and I just want to tell everyone, I know you can't fathom it now, but there will come an end to them asking for snacks. There will come an end for them wanting to hold your hand. There will be a last day that you have to change a diaper and you're probably like, oh, I can't wait for that. But there's no turning back. And the time that you have, it's gone. It happens so fast. So if you can focus on what's eternal, focus on what is the most valuable. And those are your little ones right now. There will be a season for you. It's going to come later when they're older and can function on their own. And I promise it's a better investment. And I'll say one more thing. I feel like we're just, it's become Tuss and I piling about all our mistakes, but I will share this one thing about what I I'm really am glad because it, it worked out. Tuss came around. She realized that her things, her priorities were a little off and, and, off, and, and she's made uh, the children and a focus and that we've redeemed that. But one of the things that happens and you see this with kids who get neglected in homes because the work is more important. And I know the parent thinks, Hey, I'm just trying to provide for my children. But if they still neglect the children, my time, the kids are 20. They don't want to do anything with the parents. They're done. They're like, they'll move on. Like my parents weren't around. They, I was a latchkey kid or I was important or it just never made time for me. They never went to my sports and never went to my school, never did any of these things. They didn't care about me. They didn't love me. And so you know what? The relationship kind of falters because of that. And one of the things that I think is a, I'm really proud of with our kids literally would go, rather go out with us on a Friday night than their friends, which is really a strange thing. And they're all grown up. They're 33, 27 and 23 right now, 32, I'm sorry, 27 and 30 to 23. And 
And I feel like that's only because we really invested in them that now when we say, hey, let's hang out, they're like, okay, we'll be there. Like they want to be part of our life. And that comes because we made them a priority and now they're making us a priority because now they're grownups and they can do whatever they want. They don't have to come see us. They can just say pound sand and move on, but they don't. So I say all that with the encouragement for you that you're focusing on the right thing and uh, the future is going to be great for you because of that. To top this off, there is a song and it's... Maybe you guys have never heard it, but it was... It's a classic. It's a classic. It was. It came out in the 70s by Cat Stevens. He went through a major life conversions and he no longer goes by that name anymore. But the song is called Cats in the Cradle. And it is so good. We're going to put a link in the show notes to read it. But it basically describes what Paul says. The, the kids arrive, they have needs, and you're so busy providing for them that you neglect them. And then when they come to adulthood, they don't have any time for you because you didn't build that relationship. And it's a beautiful song. And it's a telling. It's a warning. It's a warning. It's a warning. So check that one out. Okay, we'll have a link to that too. <laughs> and one more thing. Yeah. I just read something the um, other day that really hit home for me. A lot of parents are just, okay, well, I need to make money for my kids. Christmas is coming. I, I need to get a sitter so I can go work. But if you think back to when you were six years old, do you remember what was under the tree? Do you remember what you asked for Christmas? But you remember who was there, how you felt, the magic that was in Christmas. And that really hit home for me because I'm just like, I remember everything my parents did for me. I don't remember what I was under the tree. That's though. right. No, you're right. It's about the traditions. I mean, and if you are on a budget and you want to create some memories, do something where you hide things around the house. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we had our nativity set and we had one that was that you looked at. And then we had one that we would hide one piece of it yeah. in the house. And they had to go like at night. They'd have at to night, find, they'd, oh, tonight, well, who's, who's there? Well, one of the shepherds is hiding. Go, go find the shepherd. And they would assemble it over the next like 10 days. They'd find all the pieces till they finally had the complete nativity set. That's so cute. Yeah, it's great. And then we knew it was Christmas when the baby Jesus was in the, it was in the manger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I didn't grow up in a, a religious household. We didn't have that. The, the manger the nativity was new to me when it came to faith. And maybe some of you are listening, that's not part of your life. You don't have to do a nativity scene. You could do something else. There's Lego nativity scenes, by the way, they're pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can do, do like, whatever. Yeah. on this day, we're going to make Christmas cookies together. And you get all the stuff and the sprinkles and all that stuff. On this day, we're going to do gingerbread houses. We were broke most of our life. I mean, really, we lived off nothing. We lived off air. We lived on a dirt floor, it felt like. We Not did, really, but it, it was, it, we but were, we focus we on struggling. activities. We focus on experiences, mm-hmm. like you said, because that they'll remember on our kids. We were crazy about Christmas. We had things, two or three activities a week plan doing Christmas related things, family building things that were about the kids. And so, you know what we you know, did? And maybe you'll do this with your family. Okay. So we would say, okay, one of these nights we are going to go look at the lights and, but we don't know what night's going to be. Lights, right? She means like there, every community seems to have this, that one street or streets, they're just crazy decorated, like over the top, like Disneyland Christmas area. That's what we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I had two or three of them here in LA area, and you can find them usually in your local communities. Where do people go over the top decorating? And then you can go by and visit and see them. So anyway. Okay, so we would say, we don't know what it is, what night it's going to be. So you have to get in bed and get ready and go to bed early. And, and be good. And be good for this to happen. And so basically, if you need extra time, you really get them off to bed as soon as you can, get them all bed. And tonight, the night, I don't know, I don't know. And then usually it's like pretty close to Christmas that you put them to bed and they're in their jammies and then you come back in and you're like tonight's the night it's tonight's the night and 
you've got popcorn, you've got hot cider, and you get all, you put the Christmas music on. And that was always something that the kids still talk about. Is it going to be tonight? The anticipation of that over the season was pretty special. So that's something that you might want to adopt for your family too. I don't know. (laughs) I love that. We do that every year too, but I did not add the go to bed and then we'll figure it out type oh, thing. So yeah. I think I'm going to do that part. <laughs> yes. It's like 15 minutes after they go to sleep and they're like, oh, yeah. it's not oh, and, they, and then they love that as they get older, they go, I knew it was tonight. I knew you were going to I knew it was it, yeah. Because <laughs> it, really? it gets harder to trick them and because they just look at the calendar. By the time they're 12, they're looking at the calendar. They know what's going on. They're not like, dad amazingly isn't home is gone or doesn't have his game night everything's blocked off on thursday night so they would figure it out but it's special the the point is it's the traditions like you said ashley it's not the gifts it's not the actual tangible things that they have it's the memories that you create we even tell our kids now we don't even do christmas gifts anymore we just say every year we're gonna take the money we would buy christmas gifts and spend it on experiences so that we could do something together i had one friend that did the same thing they didn't ever do christmas gifts they went skiing they took their budget for Christmas, which could be a lot of money. And because they, they, they were a big ski family, they would go skiing. And so for us, we've done the same thing last three years. We don't do any gifts. We just tell the kids, don't buy us anything. We don't need anything anyways. Don't, and we'll, we're not buying you anything either. <laughs> and so we'll just, <laughs> they're adults. So at this point, it's a little different. I think if you're a 10 year old, five year old, you're going to want to do something. But that said, I think the focus on gifts is probably not as important as the focus on what you do together as a family. So, yeah. Yeah, unnecessary pressure for yeah. the presents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had one year where we, where the kids are really little. Our kid, he was like three or four. Cole, we gave. I think because my grew up in a family that was insane. We'd get like twenty presents. Uh-huh. It was too much. We had so many presents. He was crying. He, he was, was like, crying. I don't want to open anymore. <laughs> I don't want any more presents. And we, we, okay, we and then we realized, you know, they play with them for a few days and then they're done. So we had a different tact after that. We said, okay, we're going to give. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then stockings, right? So basically, gold was something, the the The, item that they wanted the most, like the bike or whatever. The frankincense, that was something that was good for their body or their soul because it was like an embalming. Or educational thing. And then myrrh, I can't remember what myrrh was. clothing, usually something that would keep them warm. So we'd give them like three, or or basically three gifts, and then stocking. And then if you did Santa, Santa, Santa was. But that way it was a little bit more focused, and it wasn't so just presence everywhere anyway that that was help for us <laughs> yeah that's a good idea yeah so yeah we keep going on and i feel like we hijacked this podcast ashley i just want to <laughs> thank you so much though i mean i mean just maybe we can wrap this up because i love to get less take for you as far as encouraging moms balancing it because obviously you have had to do you've gone through four births you've had a covid you've had the miscarriages you've had employees you've done a little bit of everything and you've survived you've worked figured out a way i mean anything you want to say maybe in closing just like sharing like this is uh, encouragement to other moms who are right now in the same place as you or maybe just beginning to get into and worried about the future and how they're going to work through this it's all going to work out you're just in a season push through and if you have faith, lean into it, lean into whatever is that positivity and you're going to get through it. Yeah. 
a good message. No, I think so. And I think it is the seasons. That's for me always what Tesla always says. This is just a season. Like when we it's close our salon or when we had a walkout way back in the day or when we were financially tight or I got laid off in the job or, or whatever. Bad things happen, health concerns. It's a season and, and we will get through this. And for us too, with our faith, I mean, it just gives me an eternal hope that even when this is all done, it's not over. This is not the end game. There's a bigger game that we're all playing. And so I appreciate that. And hopefully for those of you who are you know, interested, where can they follow you and check out what you're doing? Because I know you're also making some changes. You're going to be looking, I think you were mentioning, you're going to be helping the mentor and help other lash artists and all that, right? Yes. So I am leaning into the mom community, um, especially with ALA, um, American Lash Association. Association. Yeah. I know it's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> that. So I'm working closely with Christina as far as that goes. But my socials for Facebook and Instagram is the Luxury Lash Studio XO. Cool. And then hopefully, yeah, I think the whole idea of working with helping moms I, I think that's just a, a great calling, by the way. I think it's great. I'd love to support you in that, Ashley, because most of us as lash artists are moms. Mm-hmm. So huge need. We even with LashCon have people always asking me, can I bring my baby? Can I bring my kid? And we say, as long as they're little, yes. I mean, I don't want eight-year-olds walking around LashCon. You know, right. a, you know <laughs> baby, toddler, we've we've allowed them to bring them. And because I, I want moms there. <laughs> I don't want the reason why they didn't come. Because well, I have a one-year-old and I can't be part from them for four days. I get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring the baby. Baby and we'll work it out. If the baby's crying, just leave the room, please, so that we don't make it for everyone. But, you know, most of the time, they often bring a mom or their husband or boyfriend or something like that, and they help care for the baby so they can see the classes. So we, we always want to be very family-friendly as much as mom-friendly. Yeah, that's important. We are moms. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll run the Lash Con daycare. How's that? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Regret saying that. You're going to get an email me like, okay, you mentioned mom daycare. What can we do? But you know what, Ashley, maybe we should have some talks before next last call. I want you to enjoy it though. No. Yeah. So, no. But, Let yeah. her first time just enjoy it and then we can talk. Maybe that's an upgrade down the road we can do. We actually talked to him about their salon doing like a daycare next to our salon. With the, how cool would it be? You have a little daycare, you bring your kids, you get an hour and a half a piece mm-hmm. while your kids are being taken care of. It financially didn't couldn't make it work but that's what some big companies do PLA Paraslash Academy does that yeah they have um, daycare at their place which I think is very cool all right. Well, now you know where to go look for stuff. Also, she makes some fun reels, does some creative stuff. So please go check her out and look for her, I guess, with ALA. She'll be doing some stuff in there as far as for moms. I think almost, I bet you, I don't know what percentage, but a large percentage of you probably right now are like, yep, I will be looking for that because that's a big hole. Not something people talk about in our industry much. You hear about mom guilt here and there, but there's not like, well, what can we do now? So thanks for looking and leaning into that and blessing our industry. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Love talking to you guys. Oh, no, guys. That's it. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last mommy, Tustany, as well as our special guest, Ashley, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 